I'm going to continue talking about wisdom. Uh, obviously, last time, we've only done one so far. Last time, I emphasized the scripture in James, uh, which says, if any of you lacks wisdom. And I put that emphasis on, on understanding our lack of wisdom. Uh, we have to come to the place where we recognize we don't have the wisdom we need. Now, that goes against kind of our own nature and our, the pride of man, uh, where we think naturally we have the answers. That, that, that thing that's inbuilt into every one of us, which is part of pride, that thinks you can't tell me anything, I already know it. And you see that in different measures from different people, that resistance to people correcting us, resistance to people saying things, it's because inside of us we think we have the answers, we have what we need, uh, we can figure it out. But the position of humility starts with, I lack the wisdom I need. Now, when we talk about the wisdom of God in this course, I don't believe that necessarily there's a point in your life where God gives you his wisdom and then you've got it eternally for the rest of your life. I believe there's impartations of wisdom for circumstances and situations. Um, and this is what, how we've got to think about it, which means I need wisdom each day for what I'm facing. And God will give you the wisdom. So we've got to, that position of maintaining, I don't have the wisdom I need, is got to be an ongoing position. I lack wisdom, I need to come to him for wisdom. Um, and uh, what I'm going to do today is I want to distinguish between the different types of wisdom that the Bible refers to, just to help clarify us more and more, to really zero in our understanding of the wisdom of God. I've touched on this a little bit, but um, let's, let's go to a few scriptures. Let's go to Proverbs 3. And uh, I think I referred to this one last time, but I'm just going to mention a few different scriptures which refer to human wisdom in different contexts, so different types of wisdom. And then we want to more and more locate what is the wisdom of God and how does his wisdom come to us, okay? So Proverbs 3 verse 5, we'll go from verse 5 to 7, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And the emphasis that I'm making there is your own. Uh, there is understanding that is not our own, but there is our own understanding. Uh, our understanding is, 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 comes down to what I've learned, what I've figured out, what I've picked up about life what other people even have told me. Uh, now, the Bible does teach it's good to listen to the counsel of others. However, we also have to understand that other people don't always necessarily give us the wisdom of God. They, they're also giving us the best that they can come up with, unless they are really hearing from God. But you realize, a lot, you see, a lot of Christians depend upon somebody else hearing God for them. They want someone else to prophesy. They want their pastor to hear from them. But the, the, the primary responsibility to hear from God is upon each one of us. Uh, I, I know some pastors that almost think that they can hear from God, from God for direction for pretty much every one of their congregation members. I'm like, wow, you must be seriously in the glory cloud because to hear for one person for yourself take, takes time and sitting before the Lord. You're hearing for between 10 and 500 people, you must, you must be pretty seriously impressive. But I don't believe that's the case. I think sometimes, anyway, I, I actually, I'm going to not go too much further down that road. But 
the primary responsibility to get God's wisdom, the primary responsibility to be led by the Spirit, to hear from God, is upon me for my life. Now, I can get input from others. Other people can counsel if maybe they think I'm missing it. But you know what? Sometimes even the wisdom of God will go against what other people will say. You know, I, I personally think if Peter had taken the time to discuss with the other disciples in the boat what the Lord had said to him, every one of them would have counseled him, do not get out the boat. That's not the clever thing to do. Okay? But, so, so because they would have done it on their own understanding and their own wisdom. Okay? But, hopefully that hasn't just gone off. Um... But, and the same thing with, with going around the, um, the walls of Jericho. If they'd taken the time to get human input on that, probably would have come up with a very different conclusion. So sometimes the wisdom of God, very often, is going to go differently and contrary to what your head and your mind tells you. And that's just, uh, you, you've got to listen to his wisdom and counsel. Yes, get input and advice from other people. Yes, get input and advice from especially spiritual people who know better. But at the end of the day, you have to go with the wisdom of God to you. And you can weigh up what other people are saying against that and sit on your hearts and listen to it. But maybe what they're saying isn't correct. Okay? Does that make sense? The wisdom of God's got to take precedence. So, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. There's that humility again. There's that coming to that position where we realize, I don't know it all. I don't have all I need. My head, my understanding, what I've learned so far does not have all the solutions I need. Um, now, I need not just wisdom from other people. I need his wisdom and counsel at all times. Um, I referred to this one as well last week. As our friend. Good to see you. We've only just started. Come come join us here. <laughs> Good to see you. You okay? All right. Um, we referred to this one last week as well. Proverbs 14, 12, which says there's a way that seems right to a man, uh, but the but its end is the way of death. So if it's if that scripture says it seems right, that means based upon Everything you can see, think, or feel based upon your own evaluation of the situation, based upon your head looking at that situation and evaluating all the circumstances. And I'm not quite sure what's actually happened. Don't worry. The, 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 the mic will be recording even if that's all gone off. This has actually gone off. I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, but the mic is recording separately. What was I saying? If it, it, it based upon everything you think, see, or feel, it seems right to you, then 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 you might say, well, that's the way to go, and that's that's usually how we make most decisions. We evaluate everything that seems right to us, but there has to be an added input, the Lord, and and and, and, and that goes beyond what just seems right to us. And sometimes He'll direct you on the path that goes against what seems right to you. Sometimes He'll say, go left, when everything that seems right seems to you says go right. Neil say that's the way, but if we keep going with what seems right to me, we'll end up going the wrong direction. We have to listen to his input and wisdom. Now, he might direct you on the path that looks right to you, but he might also say a different one. He might say that one right there. Um, so the way that seems right to us 
can still lead us in the path of death, according to that scripture. It seems right, but the end of that is death. And that means based upon what you see, think, and feel right now, looking at that situation, you actually cannot see the end. You see as far as you can, which all looks good to you. But the end is out of your sight, and the end thereof is the way of death. Does that make sense? Okay? So, we're going to take a bit of time to, to distinguish between types of wisdom. And I think it's good to just do this. We, we know this, but it's good to just, as you teach, to really pinpoint some things just to clarify it even more in our understanding. You know, the book of Job, when Job went through a crisis, um, most, most of us know his, his three friends came along. Um, now, people, different people kind of put this together differently. I'm not going to be too dogmatic on this is exactly how it was but um this is what i heard and and it seems to fit right but i won't give the names of his friends but you know his friends that gathered around him and that happens when we're going through a crisis it's good to talk to people have people to talk to but you know job's friends gave him their perspective they gave him their wisdom and if you look at it some of it was uh, from one of them it seems to be wisdom that, that he's gained from experience and life. My experience of life, this is what I'm going to tell you, Job. The, one of the other friends, his perspective seems to be, Job, based upon the wisdom of the past, this is my counsel to you. Not just my experience, but the wisdom of generations gone past, this is my counsel to you, Job. And one of the other kind of had this, almost seems to have the perspective of the, the fact that there are certain wise people and this is what they would say about your situation, okay? And, and that, that's the kind of counsel we get, the wisdom of other people's experience, the wisdom of history, the wisdom of wise people who seem to have it all figured out. But at the end of the day, in the book of Job, all of those guys, with all their input to Job, went against the wisdom of God. And they didn't give him what God was saying in that situation. So none of those things necessarily will lead you in the right path of what God is saying. Okay? Does this all make sense? Those are good things. I'm not against those. We, we do need to listen. We need to be open to others. But at the end of the day, the one thing we need above all else is the wisdom of God. And we've got to, uh, we've got to grab a hold of that. Now, let's, um, let's go to Colossians 2. Let's just look at a few things the Bible indicates about different types of wisdom for a moment, just to pinpoint them. Colossians chapter 2. Uh, verse 20 up to verse 23 says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Now, he's not talking about government regulations. He's talking about religious regulations. Okay? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Uh, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. In other words, this wasn't God's perspective. Then he says, verse 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. An appearance of wisdom. They look like they're the wise thing to do. All right? And he says, in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Do you know that there is a religious wisdom that's not the wisdom of God. Uh, there, there, there is people say, well, you know, if you make this sacrifice, God will come through for you. Well, okay, 
if God leads you to make a sacrifice, yes. But sometimes if, if we're just doing it, uh, if, if, if we're imposing a religious system, so there is religious ideology that appears right. There's many people will say things, you know, about how to do things in a religious setting that is not coming from the wisdom of God. It is just based upon the ideas of man. Uh, it's not based upon the word. And we need to we need to be able to have the wisdom to distinguish what God is really saying in these things. Because a lot of people get caught up in that type of wisdom. I can't think of specific examples right now. Maybe somebody else can. But, um, but you understand what I'm saying anyway, okay? At the end of the day, the, the only wisdom in a what we would call a religious setting that is actually going to be correct is the biblical wisdom and the wisdom from what the Spirit of God is saying, which very often goes against uh, even religious wisdom. And we see that in the ministry, in the life of Jesus, with the, 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 when the religious people came to Jesus and they had certain ideologies and ideas about how things should be done, and he, he, and, 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 and he indicates, no, that's not the way, yeah? Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Still looking at different types of wisdom, and then we'll get onto the wisdom of God itself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 18. Now, you're going to see in this passage, he, he, he refers to, what, as far as I can see, two or possibly three different types of wisdom that are kind of, in a sense, linked but he, he, he refers to them slightly differently. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, for, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, again, the message of the cross is foolishness. The message of the cross is God's message. It's what God is saying. But does that make any sense to the wisdom of man? It doesn't at all. So what does that teach us about the wisdom of God? Like I said, Peter getting out the boat. That wouldn't have been, that would be foolishness to man. Walking around a city silently and then shouting on the seventh day, that would be foolishness to man. There are many things that are within the realm of the wisdom of God, that God's perspective, that are foolishness to human beings. And if we, if we can't grasp that, we sometimes have to realize his wisdom is foolishness to me, to my head. Okay? So the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. From their perspective, there's no wisdom in that. Um, and then verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. There's our first type of wisdom he refers to, the wisdom of the wise. Right? Well, what's the wisdom of the wise? Well, what did Proverbs say? Do not be wise in your own eyes. It's the cleverness of those who think they are clever. The wisdom of the, 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 the intellectually, mentally, experientially clever in life. Those who've figured it all out and have all the answers. Yeah? The wisdom of the wise. Or what we would perceive as being the wise, clever people on this planet. Then let's continue on. Uh, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, what is God saying about that human wisdom? Is he impressed with it? 
does God sit up there and say, wow, those human beings, 6,000 years on this planet, they've really figured it out now. Man, they've learned some stuff I never thought they'd learn. They, in fact, they learned some things I never figured out. How I many of you know, people on this planet right now think they are clever enough to not need God. They think they're clever enough to know better than God. That's where human wisdom gets things, okay? Bring to, to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish? Now, here's the next type of wisdom he refers to. The wisdom of this world. So you've got the wisdom of the wise. Then you've got the wisdom of this world. Now, I'm going to keep reading because he refers to, uh, he refers to another one. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 6. Uh, he says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. So there's a similarity there. He refers to the wisdom of this world or the wisdom of this age. Now, in thinking about that, I, I'm, I'm going to look at that from two different points of view. The wisdom of this world could be the, wis the accumulated wisdom of human knowledge. People might... People might regard the Greek philosophers and their wisdom that we've learned through history and the wise perspective of history. So that could be the, the, the accumulated wisdom of the world would be the, the wisdom of history and all the way up to now. But personally, I think there's another way is the wisdom of this age. How many of you know we live in a world where they're rewriting things? They're rewriting the perspective based upon the current wisdom based upon the current perspective. And when the current perspective differs from what his, history's perspective, we'll even rewrite history if we have to. We'll change the perspective, okay? So there's, there's the accumulated wisdom of humanity, and then there's also the wisdom of the current age, which, 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 which how does God view all of that? He's not impressed with it, is he? God's wisdom doesn't need to rewrite history based upon a current perspective because God's wisdom doesn't change. Now, the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of this current age will tell us the Bible's out of date. It was written in a culture thousands of years ago. It doesn't apply today. That makes no difference because the wisdom of, this, the wisdom of God applies to all cultures in all times through all periods of history because it doesn't change based upon the changes we go through doesn't change based upon how much we learn about science. doesn't change based upon how much we learn about philosophy and life. God's wisdom is the wisdom of God. God's wisdom was the same for Adam and Eve in the garden as it is for the most intellectual person on the planet today. Because his wisdom doesn't change based upon our cleverness. Whereas human wisdom can adjust. Right? So these different types of wisdom, a lot of it's based upon... As I said, human experience, good or bad, what I've been through, what I've figured out, human intellect, human learning, putting it together. Now, we're looking at that in a broad sense, but when it applies to our own lives, we've got to be aware, we've got to be aware of this because this all affects people's input to us. Where's their input coming from? As I said, it's good to get counsel. The Bible talks about in the multitude of counselors, but where is their wisdom coming from? Are they hearing from God? Are they listening to the word? Are they listening to the Holy Spirit in what they're saying? Or is their wisdom coming from 
their own experience and their own intellect. Yeah? When they're giving me input. This is why it's good to weigh up what people say. But sometimes if you listen to your heart. Now, you know the Bible talks about a wise man will love you if you correct him. Okay? Yes. But a wise man will also have the wisdom to recognize whether your correction is correct or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not just reject it out of pride, but weigh it up. Weigh it up before the Lord. And sometimes God might say to you, no, they're wrong. Yeah? Sometimes he might say, yeah, listen, they got it right. Okay? It's good to listen to the advice of other people. And hopefully they are listening to God in what they are saying. But we, sh we don't just accept it because it sounds good. We accept it. We, we, we're open to it, but we weigh it up before the Lord. You know, that's what the, I can't remember if it was the Thessalonians or the Bereans in the book of Acts. When Paul came in and preached the gospel to them, it says that they, Acts 17, I can't remember the exact phrase, they, they listened, they received what Paul was saying, so they didn't just push it away. No, we know better. It was new to them. They received it, but then it says they searched the scriptures daily to see whether this was so. In fact, should we go and actually have, let's go have a quick look at that. I think it's Acts 17, because this, this helps see the point that I'm making. Let me see if it's Acts 17. Yeah, Acts 17 from verse 10. <coughs> yeah, he's ministering in Berea. Uh, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. Uh, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These, the people in Berea, in, in the synagogue, they were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Okay? Um in that, they notice there's two qualities. One, they received the word with all readiness. So was there a closed closeness about them? Okay. It's good to have a receptive heart. Paul was bringing something new to them. They've never heard this before. Um, very often we just reject something because it's new. It's different. Were they closed to it? No. They, they were willing to listen. They received the word with all readiness, but did they just blindly run with it? Okay. Um, Ephesians talks about uh, people being tossed to and fro as ch like children with every wind of doctrine. In other words, every new thing that comes in, they run with it. They just go with it. So, is it, is it the right perspective to just be closed? Not listen. No. Is it the right perspective to just be so open you just grab everything? No. What's the correct pers perspective? It's the middle ground between the two. Okay. The, what made the Thessalonians go with truth here is they were not closed when something new or different came. They received with all meekness. And, but the second quality is, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. There, that's what made the difference. They were in the middle perspective where they were willing to hear, willing to listen, willing to take on board what was being brought to them. They didn't just closed to it. Some Christians are just closed to anything different. 
Yeah. Um, but and then you get other Christians that literally run with everything new that comes into town. Now I'm talking in a Christian setting, but this is this is how you approach wisdom. When someone brings you a perspective, you're willing to listen. You're willing to receive. You don't just put your wall of pride. Just not fool. Just doesn't want to listen. Doesn't want to be corrected. Doesn't want to hear. Okay, you're willing to listen. Willing to. But then what do you do? Do you just run with it because it sounds good? Do you just run with it because it sounds clever? Do you just run with it because, well, that person must know what they're talking about. They're cleverer than me. They know more about me. No. What do you do? You weigh it before the Lord. That's what the Thessalonians did. They were open and then they searched the scriptures daily. They checked it out before the Lord themselves. You began to weigh it up, began to listen before God. Now, God's perspective might say, yeah, it's right. Go with it. God's perspective might say, no, they're wrong. Their perspective is wrong on the thing. What they're saying is incorrect. Yeah. And God might actually say, actually, there's things they don't see. Just like, do you realize as human beings, every one of us has a degree of blindness? That blindness comes out of our pride. Uh, I think it's, in fact, look at this one, Obadiah 3. One of those books in the Bible you've probably never heard anyone preach out of. Is only one chapter? I think it's Obadiah 3. Uh, yep, it's Obadiah 3. quite a powerful phrase Obadiah 3 the very first phrase the pride of your heart has deceived you deceived means to think on something that's not true now the enemy might be the deceiver but what enables deception in our lives it's our own pride so if pride enables deception what will humility do? Humility enables truth access. That's why the Bible says receive the word, the truth, with meekness. Humility. Okay? But every human being has pride. It's part of the nature of our flesh. Which means that pride distorts and alters our perspective into thinking wrong on things. Nobody has 100% the correct perspective on everything and anything. Which means the people who are giving you counsel and input also see some things wrong. Yeah? A wise person will realize just as much as I don't have all of the wisdom, so nobody around me has all the wisdom. This is what I'm saying. We listen, we weigh it up, we bring it before the Lord. That's where the actual wisdom is. The wisdom of the wise. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's me. The wisdom of the wise is the wisdom of the other people coming at me. The wisdom of the world, what they're saying. But every person who's putting input into my life has a degree of where they're getting it wrong. They can see the wrong perspective because every one of them has a degree where the pride of their own heart is causing them to think wrong on some things, no matter how much they've learned. So once we realize this and come to this place of understanding, we'll have an openness to listen, but ultimately 
where do we want to get our wisdom from? We want to weigh up everything before the Lord and realize, Lord, I lack the input. The people who are speaking to my life lack the full understanding. They have a perspective which is clouded by their own emotions, their own ideas. They're not necessarily fully right, even if they're people I respect. Now, you understand, I'm not saying we don't respect people. You understand, I'm, I'm not trying to say don't listen to anybody. I, I'm trying to say the opposite. We listen, but we weigh it up. And that's the perspective of, that we see from Acts 17. The Bereans, they received, they were open, then they weighed it up before God. And it was when they weighed it up before God that they began to realize it's true. Go with it. They could have just as easily come to the, to the other conclusion. If Paul was not bringing them the correct things. So the pride of your heart has deceived you. Pride causes you to see things wrong. Causes you to get a wrong perspective. Causes you to not be able to see things about yourself. Now, there are times other people can see things about you that you can't see. And maybe they'll be able to put some input in. But their perspective can also be distorted. Which is why they don't always get it right either. Everything must be weighed up before the Lord. Whether it's what we figured out. Whether it's what someone else says to us. We weigh it up before him. And if necessary, you take the time. Remember what I talked about last week, where it says the wisdom of God is not just sitting on the surface as to gather jewels and gold of jewels of wisdom. I don't mean jewel jewels, but where it's just easy. Proverbs 2, I think it was, says you search for it as for hidden wisdom. You dig for it. You seek it before God. You get hungry for it. You begin to say, Lord, I need your perspective and I'm willing to humble myself and even say lord i'm i can i might be getting this wrong i need to hear you and your head says right now i've got the answers now and you say i gotta wait before the lord longer i really need his perspective properly and clearly now what will happen when we do take the time to really get the wisdom of god on each thing do you know the wisdom of god is not going to put you on the path that leads to death. It's going to put you on the right path. It's going to produce the right fruit. I don't know about you. How many of you are fed up with getting the wrong fruit produced in your life? Eventually, we've got to come to the conclusion that everything I've tried to piece together keeps producing the wrong fruit. So it's time for a perspective change. And the beauty of the Lord is his wisdom is available. And he wants us to give. That's why he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives? He gives. He's willing to give it. Okay. So let's uh, let's keep looking at uh, the types of wisdom. Let's go to James 3. James chapter 3. Is that still gone off? Is it just blank? What? Oh, okay. Don't worry about that. All right. James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? 
let him show by good conduct. Now, I covered this last time that how does, how does, what is the evidence of wisdom? Is it the fact that you can say lots of clever phrases? What's the evidence of wisdom? Is it the fact that you can give all the answers? Is it that you have all the advice for everybody? Is that the evidence of wisdom? That's the evidence of the wisdom of man. What's the evidence of real, true, godly wisdom? Let him show by conduct, good conduct. Wisdom is evidenced in how you do things. The true wisdom of God causes you to behave and act in the right way. Now, we can all point fingers. Anybody here ever behaved in the wrong way? All my hands, all my feet, all my ears, every hair on my head will go up in answer to that one millions of times. Yeah? So we can't stand in judgment of anybody else. Right? We've all done it wrong. And we thought we were doing it right. But the wisdom of God... In fact, read verse 17 quickly. The wisdom that is from above... That's his wisdom. I'll come back to that in a minute. Is first pure, then peaceable, gentle willing to yield full of mercy and what's the last one for you those of you reading sorry good fruit what's fruit fruit is what's produced so the wisdom that is from above will produce the correct fruit in that situation it'll bring the right outcome the godly outcome the peaceful outcome, it, 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 however you want to produce it. So the wisdom that, that is from above will bring the correct fruit, right? The correct actions, the godly wisdom, doing the right thing will produce the right fruit. That's what we want. So if I've got the wrong fruit in situations, what does that tell me? I didn't, I'm, I didn't listen to the wisdom of God. That's, that's the conclusion. There's no stuck, well, God told me, I know, I got it right, but it just didn't come out right. No, that's pride. I listened to the Lord, but it all went, what did he say his wisdom will do? Produce the right fruit. Yeah? Bring the right outcome. Well, you know, I, I know I got it right. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. Pride, I know I got it right. Pride is where all the errors come in. We humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, maybe I maybe I got 70% of your wisdom and added 30% of my own there, and that's where it all went wrong. Yeah? Always be willing to evaluate before the Lord. Not, not in a, a self-bashing way. That's what religion does. But in a humble way before the Lord. Always be willing to weigh before the Lord. That'll help you come out right. Because God's wisdom will produce the right fruit. There is no such thing as, I acted foolishly, but godly fruit came out of it. Unless it's totally by the mercy of God and he, he moved <laughs> to turn it around. And thank God there is always that aspect. He can turn things around and his mercy can bring us out. But ultimately... What we want is to be doing it right in the first place. We don't need God to fix the mess. Well, we do. But we don't want to spend our lives needing God to fix the mess. 
That's the better way to say it, yeah? You can fix the mess, and his mercy can fix it again, and fix it again, and fix it again. But ultimately, what's God's goal in our lives? Is God's goal that we constantly need to get him to fix the mess? Or is God's goal to bring us to a place where we don't go back into the mess? Where we don't re replicate the cycle. Okay? That's his goal. And that's where sometimes in your life, eventually, you, know, you can go through decades of messing up and doing it all wrong. But ultimately, somewhere along the line, you have to come to the place where you humble yourself before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I'm fed up with getting the wrong fruits. I now need to really get your perspective and your wisdom. And, and if it means months, if it means sitting before the Lord, if it means weighing it before the Lord and coming to that place of humility and saying, I'm going to pause now and get God's perspective properly because it might need some adjustments and some changes for me because clearly I lack the wisdom of God. I keep coming up with the wrong fruit. Anyone ever felt like you just keep coming up with the wrong fruit? Well, I hope this is heading home. Pause before the Lord. It's our rushing and not taking the proper time to pause before the Lord and sit on something before God that sometimes keeps getting us the wrong perspective because we think we got the answer, but actually it was our head giving us the answer. We rush out the door we, and we, we foul up again. Yeah? We have to eventually come to the place where we say, I'm going to sit before the Lord to get his input and in, 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 in perspective. So, let him show by good conduct. Uh, verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Notice that self-seeking. What will self-seeking self is selfishness. What will that produce? If you have bitter envy and self-seeking, do not boast and lie against the truth. To lie against the truth would be to deceive. Yeah? So selfishness in, in us is another factor that causes us to get it wrong. Pride and selfishness, in fact, they go together. Obadiah says the pride of your heart has deceived you. Yes, self-seeking will cause you to lie against the truth. Be deceived. Push against the truth. The answer again is humility, yeah? This wisdom does not descend from above. Now, we're talking about types of wisdom. This wisdom. Now, he doesn't define a name for this wisdom. We've seen the wisdom of the wise, the wisdom of this age, the wisdom of but the, the things that have the appearance of wisdom. But here he's telling us again two different types of wisdom. This wisdom, what wisdom? The wisdom that lies against the truth. The wisdom that comes out of selfishness self-based does not descend from above but is earthly sensual what's the next one sorry devilish mine says demonic same same idea whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we've got the wisdom of the world we've got the things that are appearance of wisdom there's demonic wisdom there's devilish wisdom Oh no, brother! I've never, I've never listened to that. Well, pause for a minute. Humble yourself before the Lord. Do you know that every one of us has? 
there is a demon. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're immune to it. it means you're immune to it. The book of James is for us as the church. Why would he tell us about a sensual, earthly, demonic wisdom? You, me, us, we've all listened to the wrong wisdom. Sometimes we've got to come to the place where we realize I've been listening to the wrong types of wisdom. Don't just take it for granted that you're following the right wisdom just because you can quote three scriptures. That's what we take the time, sit before the Lord, weigh it up in humility of heart. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. It's not a good environment. If every evil thing are there, what's it going to produce? What's the fruit that's going to come out of that? Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, that's the wisdom we want. There's the what we would call the wisdom of God. The wisdom that he brings. So, ultimately, all these different types of wisdom, which wisdom do we want? The wisdom of God. Now, in the, the remaining bit of time, let's talk about how God's wisdom comes. James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and it shall be given. 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 How does his wisdom come? Well, we ask, but how does it come? Given. Yes, by faith. Okay. But his wisdom is an impartation. This is how it comes. He will impart his wisdom. Like I said, not ultimate wisdom for every circumstance all the time. It's not some kind of super wisdom. But God's wisdom is an impartation of wisdom. Now, let, let's look at a few. Proverbs 2.6. No? Now, this may seem like a simple point, but grasp this because he repeats it so many times. God repeats it so many times. Sorry? Yeah. Proverbs 2.6. Let me read some of these. You might just want to note the scriptures down. It says, just going to grab... The the, the, the the phrase out of each verse. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. Proverbs 2.10 talks about wisdom entering your heart. Now, if it's entering your heart, was it in your heart before that? If it's given, did you have it before it was given? So it wasn't in your head. It wasn't in your realm before. It had to be imparted. It had to be given, added in. Ephesians uh, 1.17, many of us know the Ephesians prayers where Paul prayed, talked about the Father giving you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Doing what? Giving. May give to you. Uh, I've already quoted James 1. Places like Isaiah 11, 2. 
talk about the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. That's, that's, an, that, that's an anointing of wisdom in that situation coming upon you. So what are all of these scriptures showing us? What do they keep saying? In fact, I can give you more example. Daniel 1.17 talks about God gave them wisdom and understanding in all things. Was it just their own cleverness? God gave it to them. Uh, how did Solomon get his wisdom? Did he study in university for years for it? Did God give him that wisdom? I think Joshua, uh, Joshua, even in Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. In fact, let me read that one quickly. Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So how did that wisdom come? It was imparted. It was given. Okay? Now, the wonderful thing we know about God, and he says this in context of wisdom in James. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach. He, he actually wants his wisdom in our lives. But we have to realize it's coming to me. I say from an outside source, but actually the Holy Spirit's inside. But it's, it's coming from a source outside of my current understanding. Okay? God's wisdom is an impartation of wisdom. It is given. Um... Let's read one or two more scriptures quickly here. In fact, let's go to um, Job 28. And then we'll probably close. So humility has to come to the place where we say, I, I do not currently have. Well, people say, well, I know the word lots already, so I must know wisdom. Just be careful. It's good to know the word. It's good to, to apply the word that you know. I'm not against that. Every one of you should know that I believe in that. Okay? But there should always be a searching out. There should always be a humility before the Lord to want uh, to, to, to recognize I still lack. I still lack. Still, doesn't matter how much experience I've got. Doesn't matter how many life experiences I've been through. Doesn't matter how many clever people I've listened to. Doesn't matter how many in, other people have inputted into my inputted. That's not a word. Have, have input into my life. Have I now reached a place where I no longer lack wisdom? No. Humble yourself before the Lord, and recognize there's still wisdom that He can give. There's a perspective that He can give. Is his perspective clouded by deception? His perspective is not. Can his perspective see the clarity that my eyes, my understanding, and even the other people around me cannot yet see? Can he see with a clarity that no other person can see with? So ultimately, with all the advice I want from other people, Whose advice do I want the most? Because, and go back to what I just said. 
just like my own pride is causing me to get things wrong, the pride of the people around me is causing them to get some things wrong. Whose perspective is absolute truth? Who is going to lead on a way that will not cause me to be on a path where deception? Only him. So we humble ourselves and say, Father God, your perspective is the one that I want. And I'm willing to yield to it. Uh, Job 28. I'm not entirely sure what everything in these says. Okay, Job 28 verse 12. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? It's a good question. Can it be found in the advice of others? You can learn some things from the advice of others, but ultimately, where's wisdom going to be found? Can it be found in my head and all my experiences? Okay. Verse 13, man does not know its value. Its value, there, it there is wisdom. Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Catch that phrase. Nor is it found in where? The land of the living. That includes not just me, it includes everyone else. Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you see what I'm getting at? As clever as others are, is true wisdom going to be found in any of them? They can give a perspective. Okay. Now let's jump down to verse 23. Uh, in fact, let's go to verse 20. For where then, from where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It's the same question. It is hidden from the eyes of all living. Hidden? Means you can't see it. Blinded to it. And concealed from the birds of the air. Now, why does he mention the birds of the air? Because the birds are high up. They've got a perspective no one else has got. You would think they could see further than anyone else. Have you ever seen those illustrations where you get a guy in a forest, he can't see because of the trees. And they say, get the perspective from higher up. Even the birds, as far as they can see down the path. They might be high up there. They might be able to see above the trees, the obstacles you can't see. That bird might have a little radio saying, take a left, take a right, take, I can see there's a tree there. But he says here, that wisdom even can be concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, we have heard a report about it with our ears. God understands its way. Who? Is he the only one who understands its way? Yes. God understands its way and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth. How many birds? Remember he said the birds? How many birds can see to the end of the earth? Do they have that far a perspective? No. They might see... 20 miles further than you can see through the forest. But who can see the full distance? Who can see the end point? There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end. No matter how far you can see down the path, your head might still lead you wrong. 
the clever people who can see higher than you can see might see further down the path, but they can still get it wrong. Who sees the ends of the earth? Who has the highest perspective? For he looks to the ends of the earth. That's much further than the birds see. And sees under the whole heavens. Wow. We have a perspective that's further than anyone can see. And he's such a good, loving God. He wants to share that perspective with us. He says, I'll give it to you. That's good news. To establish the weight, a weight for the wind, uh, I think that's all that I need for right now. Actually, verse 28. I just wanted to see if there's anything else. So basically, only God knows the way of wisdom. Okay, I was just trying to see if there was a... Now, I think I'm probably about out of time. I'm not quite sure I've talked about that. But Do you see the need for humility in this? Do you see the need for seeking out... A perspective beyond any natural perspective in all things. And the humility to see what you're blinded to. Amen? So I, I hope that... I'm just trying to add a little bit more on each time because I don't want to rush this. I want to dwell on these principles. And I hope that, I hope that, that gives you some food for thought there um, as, we, as we talk about the series on the wisdom of God. I, it's, just, it's a good series for me to remind myself over and over again because we need to be. Amen.